welcome to Room for Rent podcast, Earl Skakel, comedian, wrestling fan, hockey fan. What else are you a fan of? <laughs> Voiceover, aficionado. I mean, I do it all. What don't you do? Cook. Um, cook, clean. <laughs> Anything a woman would do, you don't Drugs. do it. Uh, that's why I look like this at 54. I mean, I see comics who are in their 20s who look like shit. Yeah, there's um, a lot of that. Definitely. So. Well, welcome to the pod. No, it's fun. I'm glad you, uh, what is this, like the seventh episode? Or no, this will be the 12th episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so uh, you have a little bit of catching up to do, I think. I mean, I don't watch <laughs> other people's podcasts just because I don't want to take ideas or, oh, that'd be a good question to ask, you know, whoever I have on mine. Yeah. So, uh, the, the only other podcasts I listen to are competing podcasts <laughs> who feud with each other. You listen to petty podcasts. It's just funny to me to see, like, there's a new era of podcasters in, in stand-up that just feud with each other. So they don't have any subjects they talk about. They just talk shit about the other podcast. Yeah. Well, that's not this podcast. We're here for, to talk shit about roommates. And you told me, you haven't had a roommate. I mean, you've lived with people, but you haven't had, like, a classic roommate in a while. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I had them <laughs> in the late 80s. Uh, I got both of them at the gym I worked at. In Los Angeles. Yeah, it was Family Fitness in Beverly Hills, which was basically Armenian uh, high. It was, because <laughs> it was, everyone from Beverly Hills High would go to this gym. So it was mm. heavily Armenian. But I found the two white guys uh, who needed a roommate. Did you find them or they found you? They found me, because I was living on uh, a street called Burton Way. Mm -hmm which is um, right by the Beverly Center. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not quite Beverly Hills, but it's not Los Angeles. It's a weird in-between area. And it was my first apartment. And I had a spare bedroom that was vacant. So I thought, oh, well, I mean, my rent was, now this is 1989. Oh, no, it's going to be so low. Oh, my God. It, it was 1270 for, for a two-bedroom, two two-bathroom? Two bathroom. Two-bedroom, two-bathroom. Did you have AC? I, I had it all. Did you have a pool? Uh, no pool. Garage? Uh, a garage, fully gated, covered. Um, Damn. And I would guess now I lived in Unit 302. It was, <laughs> you, no, you can Google Earth this. It's it eight. would be funny if somebody listening to this was living in that unit right now and was like, oh, shit, that's where I live. I've always like, wanted to go back and see what it looks like now because the outside of the building looks completely different. It looks a lot newer. It's mm. 8569 Burton Way. Of unit. course you lived in an address that had 69. I know. <laughs> and now I live right across the street from a street called Dick's. So there you go. It's on brand for you. Um, but it was just a vacant space. So I thought, well, I'll just charge someone 500 bucks cash. You uh, didn't even charge them half? No, because, I mean, my, oh my you know, God. the rent wasn't a, uh, you know, it was easily covered. So I thought, well, here's an extra 500 bucks cash. Yeah. So uh, the first guy was like a wannabe bodybuilder. Okay. Um, Were you also a wannabe bodybuilder at that time? I was pretty big, like uh, a lot bigger than I am now. They called me, uh, my nickname at this gym was Baby Platts. Wait, what does that mean? Uh, if you look up Tom Platts, the bodybuilder, mm -hmm. he had the greatest legs in the history of bodybuilding. He could stand with his legs hip apart. Mm-hmm. And they would touch. The inside oh of his God. thighs would touch. Were your legs like that? 
pretty close for oh a natural. I'd never done steroids before, but oh I was my just, God. my mom was very short. She was probably like five, five, but she had the, and she was not athletic at all. Um, <laughs> she had I thunder mean, thighs, three packs of cigarettes a day. Oh my God. We had a second refrigerator in our home that was only for Coca-Cola. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Drink fridge. Yeah, but it was a big fridge. It wasn't yeah. like a little... A lot know. of people have that in their garage, like people live in the suburbs. Not us. Ours was in our kitchen. Um, <laughs> so did you have two fridges side by side? Mm -hmm. One and was one... for food and whatever, and then the rest was for mom's Coke. And it uh, was only Coca-Cola, no only other Coca -Cola. Soda so sodas. Well, she was an investor. In, uh, she was like an OG. Her family was an OG oh, investor wow. in Coke. So like that's... How many Coca-Colas would she drink a day? I mean, she was probably the most unhealthy person I've ever met in my life. Uh, at least three or four. Oh, my um, God. I was watching the Playboy documentary series that came out. They said, I don't think this is true. They said that Hugh Hefner drank 34 bottles of Coke every day. I mean, that's impossible. That, that's but, insane. Um, that's like Will Chamberlain saying he had sex with like 20,000 women. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's... Well, I tried to I add like it up. I feel like that's possible if you're rich and famous. Well, I, I added it up like, okay, that's over the course of like a 20-year period or 30-year because, you know, he lived to be like 70. That's like four girls every day for 20 straight years, no days off. But so maybe it, it includes like orgies where there's like 20 people there. I mean, he was my neighbor as a kid, so I probably should have just gone over to his house. But you Just asked him? I lived in a while. <laughs> this has nothing to do with roommates, but like I grew up in Bel Air in the mm -hmm. 70s. So it was just, my neighbors were insane. It was uh, OJ before he lost his mind. Oh my God. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, Did you ever talk to OJ as a kid? Uh, he would be jogging in the neighborhood and, you know, me and my dad would be ca playing catch, either baseball or football. And he, he'd like throw me a football every now and then. Uh, Stallone. Wow. Uh, who else? Uh, Elvis, when I was really little. Oh my God. That was his last place of residence. And they were all on your street? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Elvis lived right below us, and I remember distinctly uh, he had this gigantic Cadillac, or it wasn't even a limousine, but it was like the size of a limousine. I'm mm -hmm. sure it was custom made. Right, they were big back um, then. Who else? Connie Stevens, if you're an older person, you know who that I is. I do not. <laughs> She's She was like the Jennifer Aniston of her era, like yeah. the oh, 60s. Okay. Uh, the James Caan. The uh, best. I mean, it was a wild neighborhood. Uh, Harry Nielsen, who is basically the fifth Beatle. Yeah. He, he wrote a lot of Did songs. any of those people ever come over for dinner or anything? Like Harry who, Nielsen. Who were your parents' friends? Like, were they neighborhood people or country club people? Or uh, My mom didn't really have a lot of friends. She's a weird woman. But uh, <laughs> dad was like, I mean, everyone's seen Caddyshack. Uh he was like Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack. Mm -hmm. He was just a slob, but he had money. <laughs> was and I assume he was friendly. Oh, like he was Rodney's character in Caddyshack is very friendly. Like yeah, like to the point he, where it's annoying. Uh, one time, like he he was a diabetic, mm. so in his mind, he regulated his diabetes by uh, constantly uh, eating sugar. Oh, great, wonderful. So he would have chocolate bars everywhere, and like a lot of times, he'd have them in his golf bag. And, you know, it get, the inside of a golf bag is very hot because, uh -huh. you know, the pockets are right. closed. And 
and so the chocolate would melt mm -hmm. but my dad didn't care he would just go in there and eat what was ever oh not liquefied God. and he'd wipe his hands on his shirt his shirt would be inside out <laughs> so one day the actor james garner you know maverick mm -hmm. in uh, the rockford files mm -hmm. uh he comes up he was supposed to play golf with my dad but they had never met so James Garner gets out of his car, he looks at my dad, and he thought my dad was the caddy. Oh, no. So he's like, hey, boy, go take my uh, bags to the first tee. <laughs> and my dad has such a good sense of humor, he uh -huh. took the bags to the first tee. And then James Garner walks to the first tee and goes, yeah, I'm supposed to meet Jim Skakel here. I think he's late. It's like, you're looking at him. Oh, my God. Um, so and that then was my dad. And then what was James Garner's reaction after that? They became friends. He, I was going to say he had to have laughed. Um, what were the candy bars that your dad ate? Did he have a particular Hershey's. one? Hershey's. I'd never forget. Just Hershey's? Hershey's? Like with no nuts in it or Her, uh, Either. Oh. Hershey's with nuts, Almond Joys. Uh, I mean, they were everywhere. So. Yeah. Um, My dad's dad was a candy salesman. So oh, okay. he filled O. Henry candy bars. Yeah, I remember so, O. Henry. Yeah, when my dad ran for Senate, we had an official candy bar of the campaign. But they're oh, okay. really hard to find now. Like, yeah. probably people your age and older know, are very familiar with them, but people now don't know. And the, we found some recently, like, they're on some old candy website or something, but they're really hard to find. Yeah, I mean, O. Henry and Reggie Jackson, the baseball player, had a really famous uh, candy bar. I think it was called the Reggie Bar. Mm -hmm. Not very creative. But, uh, <laughs> so... You know, I grew up in a wacky neighborhood, so having a wacky roommate wasn't that big of a deal to me. Yeah. Um, when it, you grew up with a lot of siblings, too. Yeah, two brothers, two sisters, five total. And you're the youngest. Um, yeah, and, and my dad was, like I said, he was a wacky guy, so there was always wacky people over yeah. at our house. I mean, I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but <laughs> to have Harry Nielsen, like... Oh, yeah. Like, that's... And to younger people, just google harry nielsen he is one of the greatest songwriters ever that's um, cool and i remember when he invited us up to his house uh as it was being built it was the first really like celebrity's home i'd been in and, mm -hmm. like he had a basketball court in his house he didn't even play basketball like he just wanted a court in his house uh well we i mean i kind of we use stuff but i kind of grew up like that like we had 60 acres and so we built our house, and then my parents built a barn. And like, well, we built a barn, so we might as well get horses. They had pastures, so they were like, we might as well get cows. Then they built a game room, a basketball court, a tennis court. And like, we used it. Like, I knew how to do all that stuff, but like, you just built. It was the '90s and the '80s and the '90s. People just built stuff because they could. Oh yeah, I mean, like, you, you didn't. Know, people don't do that now the I, same way. I can't imagine what Harry Nielsen's publishing. Uh, checks were a month you know he wrote that song can't live without you which mm -hmm. is like a gigantic hit like he his family probably gets probably a hundred grand a month still just that's crazy you know did you were you when he would come over would you talk to him because like when i was a kid and my parents would have people over even if they were like important people i would bust everybody's balls so were you that kind of kid or would you just kind of like walk around and listen and mind your own business i mean they would play backgammon and drink because um, Harry Nielsen, if you've ever been to the Rainbow Bar and Grill, mm -hmm. uh, iconic uh, <laughs> Italian restaurant in uh, West Hollywood, there is a secret um, third floor up there that was reserved for Alice Cooper, uh, Mickey Dolans from the Monkees, 
Wow. Harry Nielsen. And oh my I God. think there was one other guy and that was, they were only allowed to go up there. Those, Why those four? They call it the Hollywood vampires because they drank and did everything you could think of up wow. there. So that was like their own private club. Yeah. So, I mean, That's when I say crazy. my dad drank with Harry Nielsen, you, you were That's a, a big deal. serious drinker. <laughs> you could hang with Harry Nielsen. Yeah. Um, so they'd go play golf at the country club, Bel Air Hotel, and they'd come play backgammon. So I let them do their thing. Yeah. Uh, even though there was a lot of people in my house, I was kind of a loner. I would just yeah. play with my Legos or my Star Wars dolls and uh, watch sports. Uh, yeah. So it was good preparation for the roommates that I had because they were insane. So the roommates, the, the time when you were living and... Were you working at the gym when you had these roommates? Yeah, I was working at the gym. And was time. that the first place you lived, like, when you moved out of your yeah. parents' house? Okay, so you are pretty young. My parents moved to Florida in 1988, so I that's was That's the 20. year I was born. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> well, I'm old. I'm 54, for those of you uh, wondering. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I had to either go to Florida with them, or, you know, I think my mom asked me, do you want to go with us, or, uh, you know, find a place out here we'll pay for it I'm yeah like, oh, i'll just stay out here i guess when it was peak like sunset strip time wasn't yeah. it I yeah mean, well it was almost dying out in 88 because mm. uh you know i would say the peak sunset strip era was like 82 to 88 okay and then uh when guns and roses started that kind of shifted the tide to a little more harder rock mm -hmm. um even though they started out as a glam metal band mm -hmm. if you see early pictures of them they look like poison yeah they do um and slash actually tried out for poison but oh i didn't know that he was basically given the gig and you know his parents were hippies so he came into the poison audition with like water moccasins on and you know the, those fringe brown you know dinner jackets mm -hmm. and then cc deville walked in with like pink guitars and platinum blonde hair and you know one color sneaker on each foot and i think poison was like i think this guy fits more in line with what we're trying to do yeah uh, that, how do you know that do you know that just because you live here and you know stuff or is that like something you read or what really both i mean like yeah. right now i some of my best friends are in slash's solo band oh, okay because he goes from guns and roses he's the hardest working guy i've ever met yeah. Uh, so when Guns N' Roses stops touring, he goes right to his band. Mm -hmm. So he's always in that commercial. Yeah, Guitar Hero. Is it the Guitar Hero? I thought he was in like a bank commercial where he's just standing there and he's got his hat on and everything. Well, he's I in, see him in that. The uh, oh yeah, maybe you're right. And uh, it's like a bank or insurance commercial. And he's just standing there yeah. playing and he's got like a goofy look on his face. I love him. So. He's auditioning to be in a band, and I think the the gist of the commercial is. <laughs> hard choices for banking yeah. right and, right uh, you would know you watch more commercials than me uh I, I love i watch tv for the commercials i don't even watch shows i just fast forward through the shows so uh it's an but, interesting way to live i mean i'm an interesting guy you know not... well you have a lot of stories that's why i asked you how you knew that because you have so many stories that some are personal and then some are like crazy deep cut facts that you would only know if you were like living here and from here or knew people who told you the stories and then you just retain it so well. Well, because I don't drink or <laughs> I've never had a drop of booze in my life or any drugs. I can remember 
um like i i can remember when when the first guy who was my roommate asked me to he's like hey can you got an extra room i'll pay you 500 in cash I'm, I can wow. remember it like it happened two seconds ago. Yeah. But I think that's all. I, I don't think that's just because you've never done drugs and drank. I think you have a very good memory because I've I've drank. But I've never done drugs and nothing's ever really happened in my brain. And I have a horrible memory. Well, I have that. Uh, and some people may call it a disease or a skill. <laughs> and it's uh, it's the same one. The 80s actress Mary Lou Henner has. She was in Taxi and yeah. a bunch of things um, where... If you go up to her today and go September 17th, 1985, she can tell you exactly what she was doing. She could tell yeah. what she was wearing, yeah. uh, who she spoke with. See, that's a specific thing. I don't think that's just like, oh, I didn't drink or do drugs, so I have a good brain. Like, Sure, that helps, but I, mean, I I'm think not, you have that. I don't think I'm quite on her level because with her, like, it's that specific. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm in between that and having a... A photographic memory. Oh, okay. So you don't feel like you have a fully photographic memory? I I think that if you asked me what I was doing September 15th, 1984, I probably wouldn't remember like she would. Mm -hmm. But I could guess uh, around that time I was probably doing this. Were you a good student in school? Because usually if you have a photographic memory, you're really good at school. Grade school, I was like an A student. Mm. And then... Uh, High school, I went to Notre Dame High in uh, mm -hmm. Sherman Oaks. I'm trying to think of some famous alumni your viewers might be into. Dave Navarro. Oh, yeah, uh, Ink Master. The drummer <laughs> from uh, Jane's Addiction. Okay. A um, couple athletes that. Uh, I mean, a lot of famous people's kids go there now. Well, now it looks like a college campus. Yeah. Like it's really. Uh, I mean, I was just there when they were building the gym mm -hmm. uh, but now it, it looks like usc it's yeah like computer rooms i had that. a boss whose kids went there and i would go pick them up from school and i was like this is where you guys go to high school and they're yeah. like yo why and i was like what kind of drugs do people do here and the daughter was like oh people drink bleach like that's oh, yeah. like for real she was like they drink bleach because it keeps you like drunk and high for three days and i was like yeah it's also poison i mean i uh Went to Beverly Hills High for one day, and my mom picked me up, uh, and she was like, you're not going here, because there was like Porsches, Lamborghinis, mm. Ferraris. Uh, but I feel like that's how Notre Dame is now. Oh, there were more drugs at Notre Dame than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it's just what she had in her head about yeah, where I you mean, were going to go. More Coke. I saw Coke practically every week there steroids a lot of guys run roids on the football team oh my god uh, see that's crazy because i never saw cocaine in person until i started doing comedy in la like even in college the people that did it i was not uh like included in those moments so i never saw it i mean I, i've seen it every week probably the last 20 years of my life right because I mean, you do comedy mainly in comedy clubs or like when i was opening up for rob schneider I would have guys offer me coke to meet him. I'm like, you can probably just go up to him. Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to give me cocaine to meet Rob Schneider. So, uh, but I saw a lot of cocaine with my roommates, especially the first guy. Oh, really? He who just died a year ago. Oh no! Yeah. Did you go to his funeral? No, because he stole a lot of shit from me. So. What did he steal? Was this the one with the tanning bed? No, that, oh, that okay. guy was cool. I'm still friends with him. Oh, okay. Uh, but you got to understand, like. In gyms in the late eighties it was it was kinda like that John Travolta movie, Perfect. Is that the one with Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. when they do yeah. Where he goes undercover mm -hmm. to 
basically gyms in the 80s were what Bumble and Tinder are now. Right. That they were where you went to get laid. Mm-hmm. They were social clubs, mm-hmm. basically, with weights. So And you worked there. I worked there. <laughs> I mean, well, that, when Did I worked... Did you get a lot of girls when you worked there? Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just... The manager at the Sports Connection, which is where Perfect was filmed, actually. Mm-hmm. It's pretty uh, ironic that I ended up... Because I do right. like... It's a horrible film, but it, it's such a guilty pleasure that yeah. um, the manager would only hire attractive women. Like, I don't know how I got hired, but I think he probably had... A, we need at least Were one. you a trainer or like a front desk guy? I was a trainer at Family Fitness, okay. which is where I met Tony, the first roommate. And then at the Sports Connection... Um, I was a front desk guy. Mm. Just, I literally just sat there and took people's membership cards and go, okay, okay. Yeah. You didn't um, like being a trainer, so you went back to being a front desk guy? Uh, yeah, I, I was just lazy and just wanted to, everyone wanted to sit in the booth at Sports Connection because you just sat there and, and scanned membership cards. Yeah. Um, but at Family Fitness, which is where, you know, the Beverly Hills High kids went, mm-hmm. um, there were so many freaks there, uh, just want to be bodybuilders because any serious bodybuilder is going to be a Gold's Gym in Venice, right? Right, and all the other gyms that were there at that time, right? Weren't there a whole bunch? I mean, Gold's was de- they call it the mecca still, but it, it is the mecca. Of, that's where like real pro yeah. bodybuilders go to mm-hmm. this day. And then there was, I think, uh, Powerhouse Gym, which was Gold's competitor. I remember working out there once, seeing Lou Ferrigno walk in, who was the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. like, and he just puts on three fifteen on the bench, which is th- three forty-five pound plates on each side. Right. So six total. I just that was his warm up. Oh my god! Uh, well, there was a time where I I was with working with the trainer, and I could do four forty-five pound plates on a leg press on each side. That's great. That's, that's insane, though. And I have long legs. Like I feel like the longer your limbs are, the harder those press. Like right. right, and so yeah. But he, I was in the shape of like a college running back for no reason. Well, some people insane. are gifted. It's just genetics. Like I would do that. I would do like twenty reps of that, and then I would do twenty box jumps. And you know, like the step right. thing that the for like the step classes that were popular. He would do ten of those high. I mean, I don't people, think I could do that today. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you're taking roids, it's there's no way you get stronger as you get older. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not old, but like for someone yeah. like me, like. You know, I was a maniac uh, with uh, squats. Mm-hmm. Like I squatted over 600 pounds, which is a lot for someone who's never done steroids. Yeah. See, I can't squat that much. I can do leg press. I mean, my form was horrible, but like... And <laughs> Did I, you ever hurt yourself from doing bad form? I tore my ACL in 1991, mm. but my legs were so big and strong uh, that I didn't know I tore it. Wow. So for like 12 years, I didn't have an ACL and I never knew. And it didn't hurt? Started hurting around 2004 when I was playing oh. hockey. Uh, and I know this has nothing to do with roommates, but like I uh, started getting these sensations like someone was stabbing the sides of my leg. Oh, no. Uh, so I went to uh, uh, Beverly Hills orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> and he's like, you know you don't have an ACL, right? I'm like, what? And he showed me the picture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but getting back to Tony, Tony yes. was just a wannabe, uh, 
actor, bodybuilder. You, you know, he. So but, he was just an LA resident, is what yeah, you're saying. Just a <laughs> like everybody else in this town. But he's the type of guy that if you w went to a party in the hills, you'd want to go with him. Like, yeah. He knows everybody. 100%. He's just a, a master bullshitter. Uh, you know, had the gold chain on shirt. Like he just. Was he Italian? Uh, I think he was actually. I mean, Tony is kind of. Um, so I, how bad could this guy be? And it's 500 bucks cash, you know, and back then in the late eighties, early nineties, 500 bucks extra a month spending money. Like it was a lot of money. Oh yeah, then. for sure. Um, Especially cash. Like, yeah, don't worry mean, about it. It was great. So, uh, and did he always like, would you come home and he's like, all right, Earl, I got this party to go to. Like, yeah. Let's go out. And so you didn't have to do any social planning. No, you just it, go with him. Those are the best people. As long as they're not going to get you put in jail, they're the best. Because this is no social media, so there's no uh, there's no Tinder, there's no yeah. Bumble or whatever, Hinge or Raya. <laughs> if you wanted to get laid, you had to go out. Yeah. And he had the end on any party. You know, I think he sold steroids at the gym, uh, which is it. crazy that you would sell steroids at a gym frequented by Beverly High students. I, there wasn't a lot of clientele. But back then, I mean, weren't steroids such a big thing that, like, people probably weren't policing it? Oh, not at this gym. I mean, they're, probably the funniest thing that I've ever seen was uh, <laughs> there was an older guy, probably in his 80s at the time, and he was a famous Olympic boxer. Mm -hmm. And he taught boxing at Family Fitness. And so one day Tony was, he was on Coke or something and he was mouthing off to him. His name is Ben, mm -hmm. old man Ben, we call him. And Ben was like, put on the gloves, let's see who's tougher. And Tony was like, oh, no problem. And then Ben knocked him out with one shot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, it, Just in the middle of the gym? Yeah, I hit him in the oh, stomach oh and Tony was keeled over for about two hours. <laughs> oh no. So. Uh, I bet he never tried that again. No, but I he didn't last long with me as a roommate, probably maybe four months. Oh, wow. That's not long at all. Well, uh, he was like freebasing in my house and when I wasn't there. What is that? Uh, cocaine, freebasing. Oh, oh. Like you uh, put it in the foil <laughs> and you, you put the, the oh, lighter. Oh, like when you turn it into crack? Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. and, I'm such an idiot. You know, my mom came out here for a wedding or something, and, uh, you know, she was coming over, and I started noticing all these uh, rolled-up tinfoils all over the house. And uh, and did she know what it was? Was she like, what is this? No, I got rid of them oh. before. Uh, and I was like, Tony, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, he was on the couch just in La La Land, and he was <laughs> drinking a bottle of soy sauce. Oh, my God. Like, pure soy sauce. <laughs> And I'm like, Salty. what are you doing, dude? He's like, oh, I'm sodium depleting. Because that's what bodybuilders do. <laughs> right. Like, they're really into these weird... Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, bro, you know that all that is is sodium. And he just looks at me and goes, oh. <laughs> and so I had to kick him out. I'm like, oh. dude, you got to go. I, I can't have you doing... Did he drink the whole bottle? Oh, yeah. I mean, he oh, was just like... Oh, my God. Uh, well, by the way, we're not sponsored by these guys. I was just... But we could be. Drinking it. We uh, could be. Kenny Omega, my favorite wrestler, drinks Red Con 1. He's uh, fighting tonight. Fighting this some... isn't coming out tonight, but okay. Well, he is fighting can, uh, tonight. If you watch AEW wrestling, uh, <laughs> you can watch Kenny Omega fight some guy I've never heard of before. Yeah, big, but he, big fan. He was literally drinking this gun. Oh my god! And I'm like, when I saw that, I'm like, bro, you got to find a new roommate or something. I'm, I, I can't have you doing crack basically so when you kicked him out was he like you're right i should like i should go and he got out or was it hard he was to get fine him out? i mean he, he 
you know you know he was probably a gigolo looking back like mm -hmm. he was always with like these haggard old broads <laughs> and uh but you know that was a big thing back in the, that era was gigolos yeah like, you know at a beverly hills gym so mm -hmm. uh but then when he moved out and he, he didn't have a lot to move out just like a, probably about 50 golds gym t-shirts that like oh were the God. string tank tops so yeah and he'd walk around like this the whole time uh he stole a bunch of jewelry from me um like what just like gold chains I, this is now i wear only silver but like back then it was the 80s like how many gold chains would you wear at one time oh i really just one but i had like probably five of them and and they weren't cheap and then gold bracelets That's and funny. uh and how long did it take you to realize he took them? Like, was he it was still slow, living there? Like, uh. I'd be like, stuff seems to be missing. Um, uh, what's going on here? And then uh, my car got broken into one night, and I'm pretty sure it was him. And then you think he broke into your car? Yeah, yeah. Like he, I, he probably. Uh, I think he had the clicker to the garage still. Oh. So and back then I was twenty or twenty one. I wasn't really thinking oh, I should get all this stuff back from this guy. Um, yeah. And then uh, my car one day mysteriously was broken into, and and you know, back then you could leave shit in your car and not yeah. worry about it. And the only thing that was taken was jewelry. And um, and then I think I saw him once at the gym wearing one of my necklaces. I'm like, dude, <laughs> did you man give it back to you? Yeah, but but then it hit me. Oh, like I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I was like, oh, maybe yeah. that's what happened. You were also young, though, at the time. Like, if no yeah. one's ever stolen from you before, and you, and it's like the first time. It takes you, I think, a little bit of time to realize that that's what's happening. But it also was. I'll just get another one. You know, yeah. I was so young, I didn't really care. Now, if someone stole from me, I'd I'd hound them forever to get my stuff back. Yeah. So when you moved out of your parents' house and they moved to Florida, did they keep your house in Bel Air? No, they sold it. Because uh, that's what you should have told them. I'll just stay here in the house. Oh, I you wish. You guys moved to it Florida. It's such a nice house. Uh, I mean, it, it, and now it looks a lot. Every now and then I'll go up there just to look at it. Yeah. Um, Does it look the same? No, they uh, definitely have remodeled it. Mm. It looks a little more modern. Um, but it was a beautiful, like, there was a famous Bel Air fire in the mm. 60s. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, because most people, when I tell them I lived in Bel Air, they're like, how did you afford to live there? Because my family wasn't like super wealthy, but the fire burned down every home but my dad's. Oh, wow. Like he was literally on the roof with a garden hose. And oh, yeah, the yeah. the cops and, and the fire people were like... That tactic works. Like, I mean, it did it for my dad. It worked in Malibu where a lot yeah. of people stood on their roofs. Um, That's so, crazy. And then Bel Air grew into what it is, you know all these famous athletes what year did that fire happen in the 60s i wasn't oh, born oh, okay so that was my next uh, question and then we got to you know like my dad people were like how did you join Air country club because i think now it's insane uh, it's like three or four hundred grand to join yeah, it's, it's crazy. something crazy and back then my dad joined for like fifteen hundred dollars so that's wild uh then, did everybody in your house growing up have their own bedroom Oh, I mean, wow. it was a pretty big house. I mean, it's my, like seven bedrooms. I think my two brothers, they shared a room, but it was a gigantic room. Mm. Uh, and then my sisters had their rooms. I had my own room. Uh, actually, mom and dad nice. didn't sleep together. They oh, they had their own rooms. rooms, but they loved each other. It was just yeah. Well, some people like if you snore, or like 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they I know were, people like that. I mean, my dad slept right next to this. It's a miracle I'm alive. Uh, <laughs> my dad was a hunter. Like, he did yeah. everything. Uh-huh. Uh, like, he could have been a pro golfer. He was self-taught. Crazy. He just taught himself how to play. And he was a, he was a world-class hunter. So he had a gun closet with, I'm not kidding, at least 100 guns, like handguns, Jesus. rifles, bazookas. Was it locked? No. Oh, and wow. none of the guns had the safeties on. I mean, I remember so many times looking at a gun like this going, oh, this looks pretty cool. Oh, my God. Like it's, and no gun safety was taught in my house. Well, and to have five kids and nobody blew their head off on accident. It really kind of is. Like, just. Because it sounds like you're an eclectic bunch. Yeah. I mean, my dad <laughs> was a freak. Like, uh, he just, like one time he was playing golf and Bel Air has some real steep hills yeah. uh, on the course. Mm -hmm. So he was driving uh, the golf cart really fast, and the golf cart tipped over. He broke like four ribs. He was so strong, he got up out of the cart, lifted the cart back up. Uh, you know, they're probably at least a 1,000 pounds or, or something of, of that area. Right. My dad didn't work out at all, but he was just strong. Genetics, just picked it up like it was nothing. And... Got two birdies the next oh. two holes with like four broken ribs. Oh my god, he's the kind of guy like today. If he was alive, some reality show producer would meet oh, him and 100%. go, "We have to do a show." Like it's just a rich guy with be like the Osbournes, a slob with money. Um, yeah. Then he lost most of his money. Uh, he was his grandfather. They always do. Well, I mean, his grand his dad, uh, my grandfather, who I never met because of a plane crash. A lot of plane crashes in my family. Mm -hmm. um, he would drive by oil refineries in the Depression era, and he would notice they would just throw away their waste. Like they wouldn't do anything with it. So he'd go up to all these refineries and go, Can I have your waste? I'll buy it. And they're like, You can have it. And he turned it into graphite. Like he turned it into like this. Yeah, yeah. See, I wish I was that smart. I'm not smart enough to do things like that. Well, you make money doing something that's just like available to make money on. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like going to the comedy store or this podcast studio going, hey, can can I have your paper shredding? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sure. You can mm -hmm. have it. And then you turn it into like, like a building or something. Wood yeah. or, um, so he was really, really smart uh, in a weird way. He had really no formal schooling, mm -hmm. um, which leads me to my second roommate. <laughs> Who's a real hound? Like this guy got more than Tony. Tony never really like. He couldn't close the deal. You know, he was because he had a good body and he had the look of like I'm trying to think who he like a celebrity he looked like. You know, he had like a Guido type vibe, uh, and you know, he, these old broads they just wanted to get laid. So all right, this guy's got a good body. Mm -hmm. uh, Eric uh, did not. That need to be bribed or uh he just had a gift with women um so he was the manager uh this gym mm -hmm. and after i kicked tony out and everyone knew tony at this gym he was right. like an iconic figure um <laughs> eric's like well hey can i move in with you and i'm like i i didn't have the best experience with tony he's like oh dude i'm, I'm cool i only smoke pot you know you It'll be no problems with me. I'm like, okay. So he moves in for a couple months. He's like, hey, do you mind if I put a tanning bed in my room? 
and it wasn't a huge room. I was, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I would say the whole apartment, two bedrooms, two baths, maybe 1,500 square feet. And a tanning bed in the late 80s is probably quite a bit huge. bigger than it is now. Gigantic. Uh, <laughs> like, and so I would say Eric's, uh, of course, I had the master bedroom. I would say Eric's bedroom was maybe four to 600 square feet total. Like sure. not very big at all. And so the tanning bed took up a lot. How did he get it through the door? Well, he was the manager. So he just like at the gym. So he took it from the gym and. and but to get it through the door of an apartment, I mean, apartment doors aren't that big. I mean, it was basically the size of a coffin. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, you could maneuver it. I mean, it was a pain. He just, hired, I think Tony helped him. Uh, Cause Tony was strong as an ox. Uh, <laughs> You know, he, he 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 would go to like Mexico and get bull steroids. Like, oh my god! Literally, it sounds like you kind of made friends with people who were a little like your dad. Yeah, like well, a little wacky but fun and well well yeah. intentioned. I mean, they were always nice to me outside. And Tony was he was actually deep down a nice guy. I mean, right before he died, we kind of reconnected on Facebook, mm -hmm. and he's like, "I'm sorry, dude. I, I did steal all that stuff from you, and I'll pay you back." And all wow. that. I'm like, "Dude, I, I doubt it," but. <laughs> Did he? Um, no, of course not. Uh, but he would go get steroids from Mexico that they would give bulls. Uh -huh. you know, to, I've heard about that before. Yeah, and he would take them. He, him, and his buddy Will, Big Black Will, they would <laughs> literally. Your nicknames are Big Black Will. Big Black so Will direct, like it's was gigantic. Like he was bigger than Tony because he would take these steroids that were meant for bulls that's crazy and he would take the doses that they would give like a baby bull which was 800 pounds uh -huh. so uh and then they ne will never return back from a trip in new mexico so i don't know what oh, happened no. to him. but eric was very he was just a pothead womanizer constant flow of different women in in and out and they would always have friends hey earl we should set you up with this broad uh -huh. um so but i do you think he used the tanning bed as a tactic to get women like hey you can come over and go oh, tanning 100%. for free it worked like because everybody tanned back then back in the this is probably maybe 89 um because i think tony moved in in 88 so 89 tanning salons were like Starbucks. They yeah. were everywhere. Yeah. Um, Did you use it? Did you go tanning? Uh, I didn't use Eric's because I saw the type of girls that he was with. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm good. But, uh, you know, it was, you know, I, I had probably a few girls come over. Hey, my roommate has a tanning bed um, <laughs> and my bedroom's next door. So uh, wash I up and come it. over. Oh, my God. But it was the 80s. It, like, yeah. It was just like, I mean, I went tanning in high school and college. I would go. Well, I had a girlfriend at the time who worked at what was it, La Beach Club uh, on Overland and Pico, if you're an L.A. resident. And they had a tanning, they had regular tanning beds mm -hmm. like Eric had. But then they had this thing called the Hex, H-E-X, mm -hmm. which was, you only stayed in there for 10 minutes, but it was literally quadruple the power. Right. Um and because, you know, I was, uh, this is like my first serious girlfriend or maybe my second serious girlfriend, you know, I'd just hang out there all day and I'd literally go in there a couple times a day. Like it was insane. Oh, how, yeah. 
I mean, the tanning salons when I used to go was like a hang because everybody would go and you'd schedule to go at the same time as your friends. And then it was always your friend working at one. Yeah. And those people were always making a lot of money because you could just upsell people on the better bets. And so whoever your friend was that was working the tanning salon would give you a deal. But they were also the friend making the most money. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was, cra- it was a wild time. I mean, the late 80s, early 90s, it was just like the th- the super, super tan look, especially in if you ran with the gym crowd, which mm-hmm. I did. It was like uh, pro wrestlers would go there because, you know, obviously bodybuilders, yeah. uh, models, yep. uh, fit, especially fitness models. Well, it's like they, there used to be a meme or something that was like, I'm a better person when I'm tan. Like that's yeah. the feeling. Because you do, you feel better about yourself. <laughs> I mean, you do. It's horrible. But I overdid it, which is why I had skin cancer later on in life. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it's my fault. Um, Well, they say that one tanning bed session is the equivalent of 12 cigarettes in terms of, like, how bad it is for you. Oh, I believe it. Cancer-wise. Especially the hex. Like, like it's literally 10 times the power of a Well, they're all called stupid things, like the tanning bed 3000. Like, they have these, like, intense names now. Oh, and I even remember the tanning accelerator she would give me. She's like, try this, and yep. I would just slather uh-huh. it on. Like, Did you, you wear know. the little goggles? Yeah. I always uh, wore those. Baby oil I would put on, yeah. which is horrible. Uh-huh. Like, that burns you. You don't even get tan, you get burned. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I would do all that. And then now, the last time I went to a tanning salon, because a lot of tanning salons have red light beds now, which are good yeah. for you. And now they try to sell you on go tanning and then go in the red light bed to reverse the effects of skin yeah. damage that you just did i'm like this is not logical at all because it uh i think stimulates your collagen the red yeah. light mm-hmm. uh, so and then eric i'm trying to think why he... how long did he live with you maybe about seven months okay so you didn't have roommates for very long not really i mean eric was cool though like the amount of women he would bring over was just staggering like he got laid more than any celebrity i've ever met in my life uh <laughs> And, and which is funny because he was he's kind of a weird looking dude. He had a mullet. Mm-hmm. He kind of looked like Theo Vaughn. But that Vaughn. was popular then. Mullets yeah. were popular. And, and you had just, long hair. Yeah, I mean, I had, uh, they called me back then. I was Baby Yager, who, if you don't. You like Kenny G vibes. Kenny G, but like <laughs> Yarmir Yager was a, a hockey, very famous hockey player. Uh, I mean, if you go to Earl's Instagram, he posts old photos of himself every yeah. other day. Okay. We'll do a couple more minutes. So, uh, so I was called Baby Yager because I was such a fan of his. I I bought the same kind of hockey helmet he wore, mm-hmm. so I, I literally looked like a, a younger version of uh, Baby Yager. I love he uh, this Instagram model tried to blackmail him once. <laughs> Uh, he was sleeping and she took a picture of him oh my God. Uh, and she, he wakes up and she said something to the effect of, Hey, if you don't give me 50 grand, I'm going to post this picture. He's like, go ahead. I'm not married. <laughs> it looks good for me that I'm dating someone. Or... So then she posted it. She posted it. He didn't, didn't care. care. Like, he was like, good for That's me. That's usually what they tell you to do. If somebody's going to blackmail you, you just act like you don't care. Cause sometimes then they won't do it. So, uh, but that's my roommate experiences were in So at what point though, did you kick to- uh, Eric out? Or? Um, you know, I, I think, uh, like he was bringing over like the drummer from Poison and this is like, and I'm a huge Poison yeah, fan. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's a plus for you. Oh, yeah, I was like, this is cool. Ricky Rocket, uh, <laughs> real name Richard Ream. I don't know why his mom would call him Richard, which is, of course, you know what, short. Yeah, Dick. Dick. So yeah. his real name is Dick Ream. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think we just, 
he was too much of a pothead, mm. you know, and I don't do anything. So yeah. I'm like, dude, I think I'd rather just, think I'd rather alone. just be alone. And, but, you know, we're still friends to this day. Yeah. I mean, we don't talk a lot. But. Yeah. And then you haven't had a roommate since then, just lived with girlfriends. Girlfriends, which, you know, I, I mean, I guess that counts as. Uh, it does. I mean, you have to get, get into that. It's more personal, but. Well, um, I mean, well, I mean, it is funny, <laughs> though, how the last one moved out just because. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was losing my mind. Like things from started. You thought Tony was robbing you? I, again? Yeah, I was, but now my senses are a little more aware. So there'd be like pictures off the wall, and you know, I thought oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm going crazy. And then little by little, like a lot of things would be missing off the wall. Which is funny because you have the like photographic memory yeah. thing, so you would kind of remember. But I thought I was particularly. like. It would be like if I walked in here next week and, and say like, one of those squares was missing. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. is something missing? And then the next week, two squares. And so uh, she, she slowly, like, she snuck out. She didn't move out. It's kind of funny to me now. It wasn't very funny at the time. but uh, <laughs> Was there, like, a big blowout moment where it was like, I'm out of here? Or she just Not really. Uh, you know, kind of a uh, prolonged, I mean, uh I know this isn't a, like a relationship podcast, but like a, a prolonged, uh, just the widening of, you know, the personalities. The but it, it is kind of funny. I'll, I'll give her that. How she moved. <laughs> it know. is. I mean, maybe less less emotionally damaging in a way. Like, because uh, if you have like if you have a falling out with a roommate or a relationship or anything, and people leave on bad terms, even if there's like bad terms closure, it can still be sort of like emotionally scarring in some but maybe you guys had gotten through that before i mean you know obviously when you break up with someone i mean we've all in this room gone through breakups it's never for a good reason so uh you know but that in you know i've i lived with another uh girlfriend i guess you could say it's a roommate you know uh, mm -hmm. there was a little more you know we broke up and like okay you gotta move out move yeah. your stuff yeah yada uh so it's but eric and tony they were actually easier breakups. Than, I mean, well, Eric you stay cool. close with them, kind of. Well, if Tony was alive, we'd probably talk on Facebook. Yeah. And, you, know, you know, he had abused his body. Yeah. Um, a lot. So. Well, we're going to do an ad before we go. And I do use this product. Okay. Hang on. I got to get. Uh, all right. So we're here. Oof. Sponsored by Manscaped. I don't think you've seen this, Earl, this No, I bought it. I actually you, bought it. But did you get the whole package? Um, I, no, I, I see okay, some so, things. So I'm going to let you look at this because okay. I'm going to read it. So you can, there's a whole bunch of, there's like underwear in there. It's this whole package. So, uh, ooh. Ball, ball spray or whatever. Yeah. Support for Room for Rent is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for the man in your life, the performance package, which is what Earl is looking at right now. If you're watching, if you're listening, sorry, you're missing out. Uh, but you can help Earl, who does own this. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Earl is just making it vibrate. I think you can hold it up to the microphone and people can hear the vibration. I mean, I do. You might arouse it. somebody. You can hear it. And it's quite comfortable, to be honest with you. Though. Yeah, and 7 million men is 14 million balls. Yeah. That's the only piece of math I'm good at. 
Uh, I bet. <laughs> I'm so bad at math. Uh, the performance package 4.0 by Manscaped uh, has arrived. So inside you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0, which is what we were just playing with, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Do you have that? Uh, I don't want to unwrap it, but well, I think it's this. Uh, if you don't have it, maybe you'd like to take it home. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, and then uh, oh, what else do we have in here? Got the we crop have, revival. Yeah, the crop revival, the ball deodorant, which one of those smells like my dad. I don't know which one it was. I but I said that that <laughs> Performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold everything in it, which is cool. It's very like sort of gender neutral, but kind of manly and fun. Uh and it's great. Like the trimmer has a light, so if you have a dark crevice with hair, you can. Uh, it does help, like in the shower. It does help. Like, is it? And it's water. It's not waterproof, it but it's water resistant. I believe. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, it's kind of like my fitness watch, where uh, yeah, it's you know you're not supposed to like <laughs> hold it in a bucket of water, but like yeah. it can take like. Uh, shower water and it gives you a good close trim it doesn't give you razor burn does, i've like never that. had razor burn it's good for your ass hairs too okay good um, i don't have a lot of those so i don't well, i would hope not but, uh, <laughs> i mean some people do some women have nipple hair have you ever come across that have you ever been sucking on a titty and <laughs> given some of the slobs i've been with uh oh my god but i'm sure manscapes loving that line <laughs> but, uh, i i i bought this manscape so it's good. Buy it. And if you use uh, promo code room for rent, you get 20% off and free shipping. It's the best. We love it. Uh, and a lot of people discreet, on the pod have used it. Discreet shipping. Like, you know, it's embarrassing. Is it? It's uh, just a razor. I mean, yeah, but, but uh, you know, I don't think people want their postman or woman. Uh, they, them, whatever uh, you want to say. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you, you know, you don't want them to go, hey, this is what I'm going to use. Hey, here's to my, my nose hair trimmer. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Earl, for being on. Uh, I appreciate it. And that was a great episode. So tell people in the camera where they can find you on social media. I'm at Earl Skakel. That's E-A-R-L-S-K-A-K-E-L. Really everywhere. Uh, and after you're uh, done listening to this podcast, you can listen to the Inappropriate Earl podcast. <laughs> 80s metal people, wrestlers, comics, roast battle people, and another podcast that no one listens to I'm on. They do listen to it. Don't listen to it. I'm just kidding. The Comedy Store Wrestling Podcast. So if you like pro wrestling, it's specifically for pro wrestling. It's it's on all the usual Spotify and mm -hmm. Spreaker and whatever. Yeah. And WrestleMania, this episode will be coming out right before WrestleMania, or in the middle of WrestleMania. So you yes. guys are going to have a lot of good guests on. Yes, because we're at the Comedy Store. If you're in, in town, uh, April, no, uh, March 30th at the Comedy Store, we have uh, Dolph Ziggler, who's a very famous pro wrestler. His brother, the Hollywood hunk, uh, is doing a stand-up comedy show at the Comedy Store. Just DM me on Instagram. I'll get you in. Uh, it's already sold out, but there's ways to work around that. And uh, and come see Earl perform. He'll be on that show, and he's at, you're at the Comedy Store a couple times a week. Yeah, I'm a paid regular at the Comedy Store. It's my name's on the. I had to wait so long to get past. My name's literally on the front of the wall. So we love to see it. Please DM me. I'll take care of you and uh, and uh, Maria's stand up as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you can follow uh, Room for Rent Pod at Room for Rent Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, Ma Maria Bruguer is the YouTube channel. And you can follow me, Maria Bruguer, M A R I A B R U G G E R E, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and beyond. Check out my website, come see my dates. Everything's uh, in my 
social media profiles, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Yes. Drink Redcon. <laughs> <laughs>